Hello and welcome to the F1 Feeder Series podcast. We've made it through one week. Can we make it through two? Well, here to find out with me, Jim Kimberley, your host, is Floris Visman. We've also got guest Chris McCarthy and Tyler Foster joining us to make a great quadruple of people to talk all about W Series, their testing. We've got races in Dubai now for Formula Regional Asia and F4 UAE. And we had quite a response from the Ask F1 FS hashtag. Lots and lots and lots of questions to go through. So it's been busy, hasn't it? It's been a busy old time, Floris. How have you found the last week with the podcast response and the race results uh, over the weekend? Well, the podcast response was really, really uh, good. I didn't really expect it because, you know, some people have been asking about it for a long time. But, you know, you never know uh, just when you start how the response is going to be. But you see now from the uh, Ask F1 questions that we get uh, twice as many already in the second week. So, you know, I'm, I'm chuffed. and I think it's awesome. Really, really happy to see. Um, and thanks for everybody for that support. And if you could, if you could leave a review on the podcast platform that you are listening on, or if you're watching on YouTube, if you could subscribe, it really helps us grow, which should hopefully get people like Chris joining us in the future. Because Chris, you, of course, are the Frecker commentator. How are things for you? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, F1 feeder series is just such a big thing for the feeder series. And it was funny, I actually messaged Floris and, and said, you know, well, what would you think to the, the uh, a feeder series podcast? Would, 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 would there be room for that? And you guys were already starting one. So, yeah, to be on here is, is great. But um, as a commentator, I'm rambling. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know commentating on Freca was such a brilliant thing last year. I think it excelled as a feeder series, you know, 30, well, over 40 drivers competed in the end, three Grand Prix as well. So uh, yeah, and it's looking like it's going to be very similar this year. So I'm really excited for it. Yeah, we'll of course have to talk all about Freca when we, when we get round to that later in the year. But at the moment, we're talking about Formula Regional Asia style. And Tyler, you are the F1 feeder series Formula Regional Asia Championship and F2 editor. How are you finding the, the championship going so far, two rounds in? Very exciting. I think um, with the way that F1 ended last year, a break was certainly needed. But it always comes around quicker than you expect. And the first two rounds have been pretty good. You've got drivers that are you know, only doing a couple of rounds. There's drivers coming in at the end of the championship. There's a lot to be excited for. So I think that a lot more people are beginning to get involved in watching the Winter Series, which is, well, as a feeder series fan, that's what you want. We just start straight away with Formula Regional and the F4 UAE. So we're in Dubai this week and we've had a bit of domination, I'd say. It's been very different from round one. Um, Floris, we spoke last week about the possibility a driver could come in, dominate a single track. And we kind of saw that this week with Hadrian David. He came in and kind of wiped the competition. How did you see his weekend? You know, it's kind of uh, bittersweet because, you know, like you said, he dominated. He was he was impeccable. Um, so you want to see him take that all the way to the end and maybe even take the title. But that's sadly not going to be possible because it was also his last round. Um, but of course, uh, you know, to have this preparation for the for the uh, Freca season is, is perfect. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. And it, you, you mentioned it, Tyler, we've seen drivers coming and going and... It's great to see so many drivers, but it's also a little bit disappointing because I'm thinking we could have championship battles that we're just not going to have this time around. David uh, David is 
exactly that what's your mouth jim <laughs> <laughs> i apologize to every single french listener david is <laughs> david was a perfect example of that and had he had the ability to do the next two rounds he could have actually gone for a championship fight just from those rounds alone without with missing round five don't you think definitely i mean you know he's coming into the championship and i think that he he's got a point to prove there's a lot of drivers that he's raced against competed against and i think that when you come into a championship already off the back of competing against you know, your fellow colleagues that are on the grid with you, you, you kind of want to beat them just to start the season off the right way. And he's done that. He didn't have a great first round, um, but he's had an amazing response in that regard. And that's perfectly set him up for the season. And, you know, he had great battles with Pepe Marti, you know. So it is a shame because there's only five rounds and it comes around so quickly and you want to, as a fan, get engaged with certain drivers and kind of you know, will them on. But at the same time, it's nice to see a sort of different battles coming and going. But yeah, Hedge and David, definitely a driver to watch this year. But plus also, uh, I actually don't know how a super license points uh, situation is, but, um, you know, in a winter series, you, you can score points in addition to a, like a, a normal season. So I don't know what the plan was there. Maybe it was, uh, you know, finance or whatever. I don't know. But it's, it's a shame he couldn't take those points. You mentioned Pepe Marti as well there, Tyler. What an absolute stonking weekend. Um, I'm not really that familiar with Pepe. And Chris, it looks like we've got another another star from Formula Regional. What did you think? Uh, yeah, Pepe Marti has been the surprise package, I think. You know, he, he did UAE F4 last year, I believe, and he did Spanish F4 this year. Um, but, you know, he didn't come in as a name we all expected to be challenging for podiums. He he started with those two DNFs at round one, and it would uh, be very easy to throw in the towel at that point a little bit. But it didn't affect his confidence at all, clearly. Fourth then at the end of round one, and then two podiums here. So, uh, yeah, hugely impressive. I'd say so far he's been one of the standout performers, you know, being a, an F4 graduate, to be competing with these guys who have been racing in the likes of Frecker and F3 as well. So, uh, so yeah, hugely, hugely impressed with him. Montoya last week and uh, Pepe this week. So it's been uh, Pepe Marti, should I say, with this, the surname way. Um, rookie's really, really shining. And looking at the championship standings, we've got Leclerc, we kind of overlook a little bit, but leading the championship. David is second. Hajar also doing very well. A couple of podiums this weekend. Many. And then, like you say, Marti, Montoya, beating out Boganovic, Portoletto, Crawford, some names that you probably expect to see a little bit higher up the standings. And Really, really exciting stuff. Um, speaking of names you start to see higher up the standings, Pierre-Louis Chauvet, the vice champion, uh, returns. We mentioned him on the podcast last week. And is it Beetlejuice, you say, three times and all of a sudden returns? It's Chauvet seems to have gone the same. Brilliant race two, Tyler. How did you view his weekend? It's sort of a mixed bag because you're starting that far up on the grid in a reverse, um, reverse grid. You kind of want to get the most out of it, especially when you don't compete in the first round as, as his situation was. He got points in the first round, or a point, I should say. Um, but he was battling like hell in that second race. He was he was the man to watch, effectively, even though he ended up finishing sixth, which I think, to be fair, it's a sort of a false result. You've got to remember that he's coming in, not racing in that first round. You've got guys that have, have you know, had that week's uh, sort of experience and testing. So... He was, you know, really giving it some and it, the battling was very, very exciting. I'm, I think that it's a shame that he maybe wasn't in the first round because I think that if he was in that position with a week's extra experience, he probably could have been on the podium. 
But yeah, I mean, there's a reason why he did so well last year against the likes of Guan Yu Zhou. So yeah, certainly, uh, you know, um, I think proved a point against very good drivers. Yeah, he's he's, he's also uh, one of the drivers there seem to be more and more uh, each year that uh, has like budget problems. So like last year, he was out and in again. And uh, that's also, he probably, he'll, he'll take what he can get, you know, and a lot will do that, so. Yeah, it's uh, eight months, I think, I saw on his social media since the last yeah. time he was in a single-seater car. So not only was it one weekend behind, it was eight months when you see some of these drivers doing Formula 3 all of last year or Formula Regional. This guy's been doing, uh, I think, some GT stuff, um, but certainly not in single-seaters. So really, really, really good to see. And one driver we didn't see, um, F2-bound. So this is uh, all you, Tyler, at the moment, F2 and from the regional Asia. Bolt Bassi, so the car just destroyed and missing round two. How unlucky. Well, first of all, glad no one was injured. Obviously, that's the, the focus, you know, um, proved again how important the halo was uh, as a safety um, design. But yeah, it's a shame because he is someone who has a massive following. You know, Turkish, I think most sport fans are very underappreciated at times. You know, Istanbul Park's one of the most favoured tracks amongst drivers. So Chamberlain Bassi is going to be a very, very good addition to F2 this year. So it's such a shame that we missed out on what would have been possibly another week uh, to see him improve. Um, he's going against a lot of drivers who've got more experience than him, despite the fact that he's much older. He's 23 years old, I believe. So, yeah, it's, it is a shame, but um, we'll be watching him next week come back. And, um, yeah, I think that first weekend especially he didn't get a good start he, he he was involved in a lot of battles he got maybe a bit too uh, a bit too close in sort of world to world combat but um it's all about learning lessons that's what the point of the winter series is and as as a lot of drivers say they'd rather make those mistakes now than in the actual season later in in, in march april may now chris you have been doing from the regional commentating from the uh, from the european championship should i say and now we've got the asian championship some familiar names that we can see in there and some names who are going to come back for 2022 in formula regional europe how have you rated some of those performances and are you thinking people are doing better or worse than they should be uh, i mean one of the people doing a lot better and i think deserves a lot of praise is lorenzo flutzer um, because he scored no points in the European Championship last season. Uh, he, you know, he never really caught a break. You know, I remember him having a good one at Spa and then he ran into trouble in the race. Um, and he never, you, you know what, speaking to him throughout the season, he never dropped his head. Uh, he always found the positives. And I think that approach has served him very well. He's clearly been working hard in the sim over the winter and he's come back and, you know, he's, only been out of the points once so far this season in the Asian Championship. And I think uh, Dino Beganovic as well is showing that he can challenge for a title. He was, it was so unlucky what happened to him in the last race last year. You know, he had all his supporters there with him that event as well. There was a whole coach load of them. Uh, so it was really, you know, a shame for, for him and for them that that race sort of ended as it did. But I think it's good to see that he's, he's not let that drop his confidence and uh, he's showing the, the pace and ability we all know he has. Yeah, you could have shone last year in F3 Asia, didn't he? Uh, Began which last last year we had the commentator call him in Dynamite Dino. I remember that distinctly. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, so good to see. Uh, good to see that he might be progressing into his second season in Freca, isn't it now? So should be yes. a championship contender for Premier. We'll be expecting. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, uh, uh, Murray Boyer, another one who I think will contend. He's a driver that gets his elbows out. Definitely, uh, Kaz Havercourt. 
Uh, yeah, although he hasn't really gone to say one of the premiers or the ARTs, I still think he'll be uh, he'll be one to watch in, in that one as well. Uh, Gabriel Bortoletto has got to be another one. Um, but with you know, say Sebastian Montoya doing as you know as well as he did in that first round, I'm interested to see how sort of how he goes as well in in the series. Yeah, I think everybody's really excited by the Montoya prospects after after last week. And oh, we should. I mean, we should mention Gabrielli Mini as well, right? I mean, yeah. he's absolutely on fire. Um, we all thought he was going to be the rookie champion, and then it just sort of fell to pieces at the end, largely not due to his fault. But uh, again, he's a driver. I have to say, when you go and speak to him after a bad race, um, it's like he's almost had a good. He, he's just found the positives already, and he's got a very calm head for for someone so young. <laughs> weekend wasn't just Formula Regional um, Asia, it was also F4 UAE. And although they're the supporting series at the moment, we should really mention them. So we saw a brilliant weekend, three wins, um, utter dominance really. And you look at fastest laps, pole positions, race wins. James Wharton is a real talent. Um, It's just a shame that we're not going to see him for the entire the entire championship. But it's a weekend to remember for him. Um, was that about Premer doing so well, or was that actually about Wharton being the best man this weekend, Chris? Um, I, you know, I think for James Wharton, yeah, a lot of people think, why is he leaving? Obviously, it was the plan, but uh, he, he's, done, he's done the job he went there to do. You know, he's gone in, he's won some races. That's going to give him a bag of confidence going back to Europe. And I think he'll be more than satisfied with, you know, the, the, the performance he had last weekend. And it only makes people like us and the rest of the paddock go, that guy could be a real contender this year, wherever he goes racing. So, um, so yeah, I, I think doing as well as he did is, is going to serve him very, very well this season. Uh, Flores, do you think it's a bit of the Antonelli disappearing or is it actually Wharton's uh, got a lot of talent to, to show? Because he wasn't, wasn't so good last week. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of both because uh, I think Wharton has... Is, I'm not sure, is this his debut? Uh, I think so, right? Uh, he didn't do any races, Wharton, last year. And I, Antonelli did. So, so Wharton's basically a carter coming in uh, with... Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that makes a difference. Like it was kind of uh, feeling the waters... Uh, on his first weekend and Antonelli he had just that little bit more experience and also you know he's a great talent um, but I actually want to see the comparison between Wart and Antonelli I actually want to see him want to see them on the same weekend but we won't when and after the first round of four that's it Andrea Kimi Antonelli it's going to be like another Oliver Beerman situation going on <laughs> here and then James Wharton came and did what he did whilst Andrea is gone so if you're James Wharton, you're going well. I'm gonna. I'm just got just as much of a chance as he does. So, yeah, the Italian F4 is going to be, you know, so exciting to watch as it always is. Yeah, and so, it's Italian F4 is like head above shoulders above everyone. And uh, you know, just a couple of years ago, it was uh, ADEC F4 and Italian F4, and now it's only Italian F4. And yeah. I think even Spanish F4 now uh, is is uh, has passed uh, Adak F4. Yeah, it's the biggest F4 championship, you know, since it started in 2014. I think it was it is by far by entries. I think by the amount of people that watch it as well, by the teams, it's, you know, it's by far the biggest championship. It's a direct feeder series into Freca and now, as we're seeing, into into F3 as well. You know, some great champions coming through it like Beerman and, and Gabrielli Mini. <laughs> 
could talk all all podcast about this weekend, but we've got plenty more, including your questions, to come through. But one of the things, which is another series, Floris W series, has had its calendar put out and a pretty damn good calendar, and also they're testing in Arizona with an F four car. Can you tell us a little bit about everything happening in W? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, so the W series, like last year, is is on the F one schedule again, uh, which has its pros because um, the drivers now can show them in front of the F one bosses, of course. Uh, but also, if you look at the calendar, uh, eight rounds, and we have quite some gaps again. So we have two races in May, and then uh, we, they won't race until uh, July. They have three races in July, and then they won't race until October. So, you know, that's, uh, that's a pity. Uh, everyone hated that from uh, about F2, of course. Um, but, you know, the tracks that are there are interesting. We've got Miami coming in. Uh, There's a new track and some classics with Barcelona, Silverstone, uh, etc. Um, but the question is, how many races are we going to see? Uh, last year, of course, we had eight rounds uh, or uh, we, had, we had a uh, race per round. Um, and you, you want these uh, drivers to have more track time. And the track time is, is very little track time in the W Series. So I'm hoping they have two or three uh, races around, but I'm, I'm not too positive about that. I think we all would agree a couple of races would be terrific for W Series just to extend that championship and give more track time. Um, but the, yeah, let me just run, run through the calendar quickly. Yeah, Miami, Barcelona, Silverstone, uh, Le Castellet slash Paul Ricard, Budapest, Suzuka, Austin, and Mexico. It's a pretty good calendar. I'm, I'm quite impressed with it, especially Tyler. The, the final three races, Suzuka, Kota, Mexico City, in one month. That's a, a way to do a end of season. Well, not only that, but it's an opportunity to travel, which, I mean, minus the whole expenses and cost issue, is something that I think W Series needs because it's the whole, you know, trip around Europe every time and it, you need, I hear it with with younger drivers in in European series when you go to places like Spa when you've been racing at you know Snetterton all season long it's that sort of extra motivation to to really be excited and yes Suzuka's you know it's a driver's track um, you know Austin's one that's getting repeatedly you know more and more exciting and Mexico City you know it's just basically like one by one giant party so yeah I think that's that's really good for the calendar really is. Uh, we apologise to Snetterton for these insulting comments. Uh, Tyler does not represent all of our views. <laughs> you're, uh, you're as important as track as any. Uh, any thoughts from you, Chris, just about WCs quickly with uh, what we've got there, with what we've seen this year? It's great. You know, when it started, we only went around Europe and we, and we sort of you know, got to go to Kota last year. And I think that showed the American fans, you know, the, the young talent we have, you know, female talent coming through motorsport. And now that gets to get shown in, in Japan and, and in Mexico as well. Uh, but particularly, I think W Series are now looking at you know, bringing in a younger field. And I think that's very important for the series they brought in. Uh, we had some older drivers in there the first couple of seasons. And I think that was a good thing to uh, get the series off its feet and uh, show the potential that already existed. But now we've got to start showing the the potential that's coming through because the young carters they're coming through, like uh, Teresa Babichkova, I think that's one of the ones that's very exciting, how good she did at the, the grand finals, the Rotax grand finals, which is essentially like W Series. You all get in the, the same car, same engine. Uh, it's just a raffle who gets what car and engine. So, um, and she, she basically, you know, she 
could have won that on track. But um, but yeah, that's one I'm really looking forward to seeing, actually, if she makes it in, of course. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They said, Floris, they're doing the test uh, as we as you listen, probably, uh, listeners, or as you watch, because they're doing a one-week test at the moment with is it 14, 15 drivers uh, with a couple of cars, F4 cars. Uh, can you explain that? I know there's, a, there's an article, a little plug for the website, that Aisha has, has written on F1FeederSeries.com, but can you detail this? Yeah, sure. So uh, they're doing a test uh, in F4 cars, so not the regional cars, uh, because they're preparing them in, in Europe. Uh, it, it, it's going to be 15 drivers, like mostly younger drivers uh, coming from karting, some from F4. Um, and they so they're driving the US spec, uh, spec uh, F4 cars, uh, but they only bring six cars. So they're like uh, every driver is going to do like one and a half days of driving. Um, they also got uh, Belen Garcia, who drove last year and drove really well, by the mm. way, um, who is going to set the benchmark lap times for the, for the drivers and they're just going to be there. Um, so the W Series can see how far these drivers are, um, if they are uh, far enough uh, or good enough for this year or maybe next year. So it's a different sort of test from what we see elsewhere. We're actually testing the drivers yeah. for future um candidacy i suppose it's uh yeah I, I do love what w series stands for in terms of meritocracy um and i do wish them well but we'll come back to w series we'll maybe talk a little bit about the test but their championship yeah like we say it's starting in miami so it's may when we'll see those cars on track before we get into questions formula three as well a uh, whole host of driver announcements floris um it's going to be uh again a stack field in freca and a stack field in f3 yeah yeah so um you know we had a long time uh with almost no uh driver announcements for a fiat 3 and then in one week we had like six or seven uh so you had uh stanek coming in for his third year uh, Pepe Marti, uh, which we already uh, talked about, going to Campos. He was already with Campos. Um, then we have Tot, who is uh, doing F3 again, uh, the Hungarian driver. Um, someone who, uh, who I'm pretty in interested in is uh, Hunter Yeni. Um, he's also going to Campos, so you already know, like, it's not a championship-winning team. Um, but he's still, like, he he's a pretty, uh, I think, a pretty talented driver and also pretty young i think he's maybe still 16 or 17 uh so he's not gonna go for the championship but i i do expect uh bigger things from him uh this year uh then you also have fila gomez who's like uh, a, a, a little bit like a back marker to be honest uh and yet, then you have the uh, american uh, japanese driver reese ushijima uh who, who really yeah you're, you're pretty decent here in the gb3 so and he's going to van amersfoort who are also making their, their debut in uh, FIA F3. Uh, you know, years ago they did European F3. So it's, uh, it's probably going to be a, a kind of a difficult year for Van Amersfoort this year in F3 and even more in F2 probably. But, uh, you know, in a year or two, uh, they're going to do great things, I think. You echo that, Tyler. We've got, uh, put you on the spot a little bit, but Van Amersfoort coming in here and they're replacing HWA. Are we thinking a like for like at the bottom of the, the grid, or do you think they're actually going to have a bit more uh, resource behind them? I think Van Amersfoort are, are a team really to watch. Um, I think it's it's so difficult to come into F3 uh, and challenge straight away. So maybe not this year, but I think you know they go about things the right way. And 
not necessarily always a good way to you know, translate what they've done in, in previous categories straight into F3. It's a completely different thing, you know. Um, so it will be a really big, tough ask for them. But I think within three years, they'll certainly be at least a strong midfield team. And they're a big name. A lot of drivers will be looking to go to them. So, you know, they, they already have a lot of um, a lot of good sort of a good press in a way. Yeah, I think everyone's excited to see them. They see them jump in. Um, another solid team for the championship. Well, we're going to go on to your questions because this is a podcast which is for everybody. I want you guys to feel involved. So do get in touch. Use the hashtag AskF1FS on Twitter. Or you can also drop into our Discord because there's a couple of new channels in there. So look for the podcast channels on the left-hand side. Chat about the podcast or ask your questions. And also, third way, just leave some comments and reactions on the YouTube video. So if you think we're completely wrong or you want to have a big agree and say that uh, Snetterton is awful, as Tyler likes to say, uh, just leave a comment. <laughs> Hands up. Just leave a comment on uh, the YouTube video as well or ask some questions. We, we read them all. We've got so many. We're probably not going to be able to go through each of them, but we do see every single one of them. But let's get started because... Favourite question for the week is from It's Joe Time. It was asked on Discord. And it's a great hypothetical to say, because it's realistic as well. Lawrence Stroll has a lot of money. Aston Martin have a lot of money. They don't have a driver academy. Um, so this goes out for all three of the guys here. So we go Floris, Chris, Tyler. Uh, put you on the swap first, Floris. Oh. <laughs> You're hired by Lawrence Stroll to build the Aston Martin junior team. Select four drivers for the starting roster. Four drivers. So, yeah, first off, I'm very happy for myself that I got hired by Lawrence Stroll because that will be a big, big payday, probably. <laughs> That's a scary uh, boss, though. Yeah, I, I also managed to sell F1 feeder series to him. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to do fine. <laughs> I'm going to live on a tropical <laughs> island. Um <laughs> Secondly, uh, of course, I've been thinking about this one because this is a really interesting one. So I went through a lot of drivers that are not in a academy yet. Um, so my first pick would be uh, Gabriele Mini. Uh, I, I, it's so weird that he hasn't been picked up yet by like Ferrari, of course, because he's Italian and, uh, and he's an extremely, extremely good driver. My second pick would be uh, Hadrian David. Um, who was in the Alpine Academy, of course. Uh, and then uh, he departed from that. And if he probably, if he won Freca, he would have been back again, but he didn't. Um, my third one uh, is actually a, a woman, is uh, Abby Pulling, uh, because she was really well last year, but also, of course, the same story. Uh, she didn't have enough funding to finish her season, but I think she really deserves it. Maybe one of the or the best uh, female driver out there uh, at the moment and uh, the fourth one you know I couldn't choose so I have I have three names uh, Delano van het Hof because he's Dutch uh, good reason uh, <laughs> Nikita Bedrin uh, our Russian guy who is now uh, driving his ass off and uh, Tim Tramnitz because Germany needs uh, a Formula One driver a new Formula One driver. I was going to say, Sebastian Vettel is still there. But... <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian Vettel? Who, who? Sebastian who? Who? <laughs> Great names, yeah. Very, very good names there. Very exciting. Um, 
It's a difficult question. I'm glad I've not been posed it. So, Chris, <laughs> over to you. Oh, um, well, first of all, there's there's two on there that, you know, that, that Floris has said. So, uh, Gabriele Mini, uh, again, I'm also surprised. He's that Italian F4 championship he won uh, back in 2020, you know, absolutely blitzed it. Uh, won by, I think, over 100 points or something ridiculous. So, uh, and yeah, and he's got the right attitude for a driver to go all the way, having met him. Hadrian David is the same. Um, you know, he, I, I just don't think he's got the budget on his own, maybe, to go there, um, which is a real shame because of the, he's hugely talented. Uh, so I think he deserves... Uh, you know, a chance with someone like that. Uh, and then the other two, Zane Maloney. Uh, I think Zane is such a huge talent, um, a really nice kid. And it's just a great story, isn't it? You take Barbados into uh, into F1. So, you know, if you're Lawrence Stroll marketing-wise, that's a, that's a great name, but hugely, hugely talented. And then Mary Boyer would be my last one. Um, I'm just very impressed with how he did in uh, in Freca last year. And uh, yeah, he's he's quite an aggressive driver. Uh, you know, he gets his elbows out. So uh, so yeah, I think uh, Lawrence Stroll would be uh, would be pleased to have a driver <laughs> like that in in the academy. That's a great names as well. Uh, Tyler, you're going to echo these, or is um, Alessio Deleda one of your picks? <laughs> yeah, Ragunathan's top. Got a bit. <laughs> I I mean I'm, I'm happy because you're right. My thoughts are echoed. Um, I've gone with. Hadrian David, Gabriel Mini, and Zay Maloney as well. I, you know, I agree with Chris. I think Zay Maloney is a really good shout. Again, he's sort of someone that I'm surprised. I don't know why, but I, I see him as sort of a Red Bull driver. I don't know why. It just seems like a fit. Um, also, Hadrian David is the youngest. Um, he's the youngest Formula Four champion in history, uh, and both him and Gabriel Mini have the advantage of having, um, of being so young still, but being having that mega talent. Um, my last driver on that list would be Gabriel Borsaletto, because in my opinion, it's not a great representation of Brazilian drivers. And I think Brazil are one of the motorsport powerhouses. And, you know, Interlagos is the, one of the best Grand Prix of the season. And I think it's such a shame to not have sort of a Brazilian representative. Um, Kaya Collette is a driver that I like a lot, but he's with Alpine. So Borsaletto is a driver that I'd go with uh, to make that for, if Lawrence Stroll lets me that is. Well, there's also, yeah, it's also Felipe Drogovic, who's going to go into, was it third season now? But yeah, Brazil, right, yeah. And the, the absolute fandom behind uh, Drogovic with uh, Brazilian fans is so good to see. Uh, anybody who's heard my voice before from GP Grandstand and our, our friends at Inside F2 on the podcast will know I'm going to be absolutely furious that Ralph Boschong was not mentioned in any of these <laughs> academies. But I'll let it slide for now. We'll move on to our next question. So this one comes from uh, Simone Bestidello, part of the podcast where I mispronounce names horribly. Um, and this one actually came through YouTube as well. So Simon talks about the fighting on track uh, with Formula Regional Asia with the Tatus 318 with these tires compared to what we see in Freak Europe Cup W Series. He says it's actually really good. Um, this is from last round. What do you think on the tyres having such a big impact on the, on the cars, Chris? Um, yeah, I think it's great. You know, tyres was a, a, a thing that drivers talked about a lot last season and not always in a good way. You know, um, I think particularly at Mugello, uh, tyres were going off after sort of six, seven laps. So 
uh, yeah, they, they really struggled with them. It was, you know, hard to see races that were fought all the way to the end. So, yeah, if we can have some ties in that, you know, see the drivers battling all the way through and able to, you know, to push themselves all the way through rather than going into tyre management mode, that would be cool. I think the uh, on the flip side, though, having tyres, having to manage tyres is, is great for a feeder series because it, it teaches you some very, very good lessons for higher up in, uh, in the motorsport ladder. And how do you see the tyres actually working in Freca generally? Because I saw uh, with W Series last year, they just seemed to take a very long time to heat up. Uh, that the When you go for qualifying, it was like days of old yeah. in Formula One, that you just see the lap times tumble and people just keep going around burning fuel yeah. when the tyres heated up. Yeah, that was, a, you know, usually it wasn't one of the cases you go out and you have two, three laps and then that's it. Um, so you had to, I remember when we went to Monza, you had to be really, really patient with them because obviously that's a track with a, a lot of long straights. And uh, yeah, drivers said to me, we're going out and we're staying out basically. Um, and it was very cold there as well. So when, when the temperatures were down, sometimes the drivers really struggled to, to get the to get the tyres up to temperature. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that was something that definitely was a, caused a, l- a lot of struggle for, for some of the drivers last year. It was uh, you know, a hard thing to, to get your head around. I just say I think that it's that question is really good and Chris touched on on it but it's sort of a conundrum I think in in feeder series especially do you want to go with softer compound tires or harder compound tires because if you're you know getting drivers ready for F1 and then F1 you've got you know in the last generation obviously tires that are soft in qualifying for example and then you have to manage them like hell in the race and best drivers are the ones that manage them well do you want to get them ready from an early age with soft compound tyres? Yeah. Or do you want to give them the opportunity to sort of you know, maximise the talent that they've got by giving them harder compound tyres so that in qualifying they can get better and better and better? It's, I think it's a really interesting question. And I think it's, you see it a lot in, in F2 and F3 as well that, you know, they use them as trials for F1. So I think it's, it's a question that I don't think will ever die. But tyre, you know, is such a massive deal. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, Chris touched on it, the fact that they, you know, they changed them in, in frack. But yeah, I think um, it's allowing drivers to maybe just hone their talent a bit better, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, question that's always going to dog us. Moving on, we've got Kieran46. Nice, easy name for me to pronounce. Um, who has been the most impressive and the least impressive in frack over the two rounds so far? That's to you, Tyler. I'll start with the least impressive because I think that's probably the more controversial of the two. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to go with someone like, like, um, like Jack Crawford, because I think that there's still enough in what he's done to say that you know, it's, it's such a competitive field. And if it was last year and he was where it was, I'd give him more, more, um, more trouble. But in my opinion, it's Paul Aron. I, I just, yeah. I've got to be honest, I know that the, the, that Premier team that's... Um, that's being run by um, by Abu Dhabi is not as competitive as it was last year. But I, I just think that he really struggled to get in a groove in that first round. And he's, he's got, I think, um, three, point, uh, three points finished so far, but they've all been sort of towards the back of the points. And every time he gets within range of, say, like a, a Gabriel Mini or, or someone who has been in the podiums, they just blitz away from him or overtake him. And I just get the feeling that it's sort of his confidence is getting slightly beaten a bit. So I think he's been a bit disappointing so far, but hopefully he can pick it up. Um, in terms of the 
the most exciting or the, or the person that's, that's been the best so far, the most impressive. Oh, it's so tough. Uh, I mean, the obvious answer is you could go with someone like Leclerc, but I'm not going to. So I'm going to go with Hadrian David. I think that to win two races, to be the only driver so far to win two races, and to have such good qualifying at Dubai last uh, the week just gone was really impressive. Gabriel Mini and Montoya are also up there. Montoya, I think, has really surprised. He's been the most surprising, for sure, because um, people were very sort of in the dark about how good he was. Uh, but Gabriel Mini, I think we all knew how good he was, um, and he will be good this year, hopefully. But yeah, Hajj and David, I think, with two wins, most impressive so far, in my opinion. Well, I can back to back that question here with uh, another one from It Is Verstappening um, via Twitter. And this one goes to you, Chris, with why is Paul Aaron struggling so much in the series? Is it because of lack of pace in the car's performance? And how does he compare to other Mercedes junior drivers as of now? Um, well, it, it's a tough one to answer because uh, you, you never really know what's going on kind of inside that that awning. And But I'd, I'd say maybe a bit of lack of confidence. Um, you know, I, he wasn't too satisfied with how Frecker went last year. I think he really wanted to go and win it. Uh, and it didn't quite happen. He managed to recover it at the end. Um, so I'd say he's maybe lacking a bit of confidence after a difficult start to the year, and it, it just hasn't really got that back yet. You know, confidence is is such a huge thing in motorsport. Uh, it has more of an impact than a lot of people would think. Uh, but look, Hadrian David has just proved how things can change so quickly. So uh, all I'd say is don't write him off because, you know, he he's not – He's not where he should be. You know, he should be right at the front. That's the ability and the pace that he has. So uh, so let's see. I don't know what his plan is, if he's sticking around or or, or not. But uh, if he is, then uh, I think we, his weekend will come where he, he does a sort of a Hadrian David and we see him right at, right at the front of the field. Yeah, plus, uh, of course, he's, he's a Mercedes junior and not for nothing, you know. Uh, Mercedes are really picky with their, with their uh, junior academy drivers. So... And you could see, like, also in F4 that he's really talented. So I think, mm. you know, this this is going to be – this has to be his year, uh, but I'm confident he can bounce back from this. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it in the past, haven't we? Mercedes juniors struggling at times. Um, it comes with a lot of pressure, um, yeah. you know, being part of that. And, and I remember seeing Isaac Hadjar as well when the Red Bull backing came – uh, he was, you know, the, the focus, um, you know, and if I went and spoke to him after he qualified second, I think, and he was not happy. So, um, yeah, the, the pressure that comes with with those kind of F1 academies, uh, yeah, I, th I think that's maybe playing a bit of a part as well. But as Flores said, you know, he won't be too disappointed if he doesn't leave Asia with a, with a trophy. I think uh, he's more focused on the European Championship. Yeah, is he confirmed for Africa? Not yet. Uh, actually, his plans haven't been revealed yet. So um, I, I don't know if this was a kind of audition. Um, if it was, uh, then uh, it's not got off to a good start. But um, but yeah, it's not really been confirmed. It's not really been confirmed where he's going. I guess Mercedes are maybe still deciding. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, we'll see. We'll see you winning soon. I'm sure. Uh, let's go on with Marco uh, Marco Ocon again. We had you last week uh, with a question. Um, Still didn't define if he was related to uh, Esteban or... I mean, have you been unblocked now, Floris? No, no, no that's no. not going to happen. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the milkman then, is, uh, <laughs> as, as Jeroen uh, suggested. But question, considering Spinelli hasn't raced in single-seaters for eight years, how did he adapt quickly and score points in the last race? 
Yeah, that was that's a really funny one because uh, he he got like he, he already drives for uh, AKM uh, only uh, GTs, uh, not single seaters. Uh, he's a 26 year old uh, Italian driver, so uh, to be called up for F4 UAE, that's really weird, right? Hmm. Uh, but uh, he was actually really happy, from what I could tell. Um, plus, the most important part, he, he really got on with it. And uh, at, at at times, he was battling with the Premas, he was overtaking Premas. So, and the last time he, he drove uh, single seaters was in 2014, uh, Auto GP, when that still existed. So that says everything. Uh, yeah, he did really well. I was su- surprised. I, I'm not sure if he if he's going to be there next round, but the driver he uh, he replaced Aaron Rexepi, I think is his name. Uh, I haven't heard anything about about that guy anymore. So he seems to be really out out of the picture. I don't know. Hmm. Well, Chauvet had the eight months off and is it eight years, so we need to <laughs> step up your game, Pierre. That's, uh, that's nothing. Uh, next one is from Ice Frost on Twitter, and he's asked to you, Tyler, why are several drivers in both F4UE and Formula Regional Asia not competing for the full season? What's the main reasoning behind it, given Freca and other f 4 start so much later in the year? It's all to do with the ruling and drivers wanting to remain as rookies going into their season. Effectively, if you are in the championship for more than two rounds, your status as a rookie is taken away for the ongoing season that you take part in. If you are coming into Freca for your first season and you only compete in two rounds in um, Formula Regional Asia and then leave the championship and then compete in Freca from the start of the season, you are still a rookie, which is a big deal to drivers because they want that status as being both a winner and a rookie. So yeah, it sort of helps as well with um, sponsorships and, you know, things to put on your resume. So it's a big deal to them. Is that something that you see, Chris, when you speak to them, that they want to be top rookie and uh, other accolades? Uh, I've heard it in the past of drivers, you know, uh, complaining that they their rookie title was taken away from them. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine that's exactly the reason. But you've got to think of other things. You know, these these guys are kids. You know, they've got to go to school. They've got school commitments as well, which you know, they try and do whilst they're there. But uh, and, and it's very I imagine it's very expensive. You know, you're staying over in Dubai for to do that for five weeks. Can't be cheap, can it? So. Um, so, yeah, I. I I imagine it's all really down to the rookie situation, but I'd say there are probably other cases where it might be a, an expenses or a kind of a school thing. And, and you know, families can't just move to Dubai for, for five weeks. So uh, I'd say, you know, not in all cases, but, um, but yeah, I'd say maybe that's the reason for some of them, but only a small amount. You need Lawrence Stroll to open some sort of academy and pay for these guys <laughs> to stay in Dubai for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next question goes on to you here, Floris. Uh, Chris Hosey via Twitter is asked, who do you think has the best chance of winning Freca and F3? Plus, what do you think of this year's GB3, GB4 and British F4 seasons in terms of potential championship contenders and title hopefuls? So lots of names you need to throw at us. Maybe I should do every series. Is that what, is that what he wants? Huh? Come on, Chris. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll just start and you just say stop, okay? <laughs> All right. So um, I'm going off the names the, that are confirmed now, not, not speculated names, just the names that are already there. Um, for Freca, I'd say uh, Mini and Boya. Uh, I agree with uh, Chris that, that Boya is really like... It, He's, he's not only talent, but like you said, he's an aggressive driver, which I 
which I like. Uh, and Max Verstappen style, don't back down. Um, uh, I also think Bortoletto has like an outside chance. Uh, he kind of surprised me uh, in Frack, in Frack uh, today or today uh, this uh, this week. Uh, so I think those three um, for via F three. Uh, I'd say this year, especially uh, the, the Prema lineup, like the whole Prema lineup. So uh, Leclerc and uh, Crawford, for sure, because they're in their second year, and Behrman, because uh, you know he, he wiped the floor with everyone in uh, in Attica four and Italian four last year. Um, but also uh, an outside chance for, uh, but not more than an outside chance for Smolyar with the MP Motorsport, who is also really talented. Um, I've got a question here from, from Alex, who um friend of the podcast, and he's asked about Pepe Marti. Uh, I think we could have handled that. We're all in agreement, right, that he is uh, a top talent, wasn't a smoke screen. Is that a big nod? Everyone's nodding for everybody listening on the well, podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it wasn't someone I was really aware of. Uh, you know, it's not like I knew him or anything. You know, people might have seen me raving about him a bit, but that's because I didn't really know who he was. And then next thing, he's uh, he's getting podiums. Um, and it was just impressive how he fought back from the DNF. So, uh, yeah, I think he is the real deal. You can't do it two rounds in a row if uh, and, and fluke it. You know, um, you know, he kept Hadrian David honest in both races. So, uh, so yeah, I'd say that he... I'm very interested to see how he goes. And I was happy to see that he's going straight into F3. He raced with Campos last last year as well in in f4 so he knows the team and and you know lorenzo colombo proved that they can they can win races as well but uh but yeah i think he's the real deal but it's gonna it's gonna be interesting like you said he's he's making a really big leap uh which some drivers can uh look at uh Pusher, of course um but also if you look at i think uh Fila gomez the mexican driver he made th that same step from f4 to f3 and he didn't really fare that well so um, depending on how he does, uh, that's probably going to show us um, how talented how talented he is. Mm. I think he'd take one one points, you know, one top ten throughout the season. I think that'd be a reasonable. Yeah, if he got that, I think he'd be more than happy. Especially with the team he is with. Yeah. 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 No, Campos aren't going to fight for the title, are they? But yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's the team relationship he has which is going to really help him out. You know, he's raced with them already, so he knows the guys very well. I'm going to round off our podcast and we've got so many questions. So I really apologize if we can't get through all of them. Um, but there's, there's two, which I'm going to take the host prerogative here and be able to say, these are the ones we're going to go with just two with W series that I wanted to pick up. So one's from Jen Wade asking about the concept essentially of W series and the chance to have formula racing on a professional level. But it's actually the second question I've got here from Sam asking, do you think W series is sustainable with its long-term future, with its current model, and how long do you think it's going to be before we get future F1 drivers passing through the series? Uh, Chris, we've all championed Abby pulling a little bit. Is she going to be the one, or...? Uh, well, she was the first British, uh, first junior to become a British champion in karting. Uh, and she did it in a TKM class, which is like winning in Formula BMW. You're saying it's very, very close racing, essentially. Um, so when she did that, everyone was like, you know, she she's going to go far. But she just doesn't have the funds to do it by herself. So she needs help. Uh, if she gets the help, uh, I, I could see her going into F3 and doing well then in f2 and doing well so so yeah why not but i think with w series when people ask how long is it going to be i don't think there's 
I don't think the series can do anything about that. All they can do is put the drivers in and, and give them the chance. And then it's down to if one of them comes along with funding already or if one of the, say, F1 academies has a look at them and, and decides to give them some backing. But um, I think the good thing is we're seeing more international drivers coming into the series. And I think that's that's what we need. It can't just be sort of a European competition. I'm going to give the final word to you on this, Floris, just the second part of the question with the sustainable long-term future here. The, we talk about, will we see one of the drivers graduate to Formula 1? Will W Series survive until then? I know they've got a good few sponsors, Puma most notably last year, but the, the model is so different from any other series. Yeah, I, uh, I, get, I get where that question is coming from. And the question is maybe, you say, um, uh, do they, are they going to survive? But maybe the question should be, um, would, do they want to survive? Because um, uh, if, if women get the same chances as uh, uh, men, uh, W Series is obsolete, you know? Uh, so I think that's, that's more the question. Is it sustainable? Sure, if you, if you throw enough money at it, it'll, it'll stay for 50 years. Uh, but it, starts, it all starts with um, women getting the same chances as men uh, all the way down uh, at the grassroots level, at, uh, at the karting level. That's where it starts. So we started out with the older drivers in, in W Series, like Chris said, in 2019, just to establish, establish it. But um, I think if they want to stay and want to um, uh, be seen as also as a serious series, you have to, you have, to have uh, women from a certain level uh, that are like 16, 17, 18 years old, same as in, as in Freca. That's where you got to work towards. And, and then, sure, they can stay. But again, I think uh, once they're obsolete, uh, that, that will be a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I think I've heard Catherine Bonnemore talk about uh, obs obsolete is exactly what they want. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to see how that goes this season. And we'll see, speak a little bit next week, I'm sure, regarding how their test went too. Um, but that's Unfortunately, all we've got time for, for all the questions. Uh, but if you do have some, I'll go through again. Use the hashtag AskF1FS on Twitter. Drop into Discord. Look for the podcast channels. There's podcast questions. Drop a question there. Or just simply leave your questions in the YouTube comments on this video if you're watching via YouTube and let us know your opinions. And while you're at it, if you could subscribe and give a like. And if you are listening via a podcast, Spotify, Apple, anyone, Leave a review, really helps us grow. It's been great hearing words from Chris, Tyler and Floris and we'll be able to get bigger and better guests as we go forward. It's not that we've got want anyone bigger or better than you, Chris. Thank you to everybody for watching and listening and thank you in advance for leaving that five-star review. Uh, until next week, we have been the F1 Feeder Series Podcast.